X-Rated Movies. This is a movie podcast by two guys who used to date and now they no longer date. Now they talk about movies. I'm one half of your hosting team, Matthew Fisher. I'm the other half of your hosting team, Ryan Whedon. Ryan, what's your sign? Mm, I'm a Gemini. Really? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Wow. No. My sister. Cla- my mother. <laughs> uh, classic Gemini duality. <laughs> uh, how serious do you take that stuff? Not very at all. seriously. I mean, it's fun to think about. You know, there is probably something to be said about the fact that I was born and in, in summer, a summer month. Mm-hmm. So, like, my first sensory experiences were of warmth and sunny and bright. Do you things. think that actually had like a palpable influence? I on mean, your... who's to say? But then, like, you know, six months in to my experience and my forming of my brain and personality that's when i experienced you know the darkest time of year for the first time Mm -hmm. so there is maybe something to be said about that but i mean isn't that true of like almost everybody then exactly that's why there's signs (laughs) well shouldn't there just be like two signs like summer and winter (laughs) (laughs) so you'd be a winter sign i kind of am a winter like i am a winter sign what's your sign then i'm an aquarius i see okay and uh even though i i think it's all hokum the stuff that comes out about Aquarii, I'm like, mm, I got my number. Because <laughs> it's always like people who are like off in their own world or in solitude or or just full of non sequiturs that make sense to only to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Sounds right. Okay. okay. Uh, but like whenever I read someone else's horoscope or, or uh, uh, astrological signs and characteristics, I'm, I'm always like, that's not them at all. <laughs> Do you see me as a Gemini? I don't find you particularly duplicitous, but um, I mean, while you are a, a complex person, you contain multitudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, well, the characteristic of a Gemini is, is of duality, and uh, I guess I should ask you, do you find that to be representative of you? Mm, sometimes. I, I heard it one time stated as like, it's not so much that we're two-faced, it's that we're, we have the ability to see both sides of every situation. Mm. And therefore, uh, you know, we can, we can land on whatever. Now, were you told this at a young age? Suits our needs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, probably. Like Teen, 20s, maybe? Early 20s? 20s? Yeah. Is that when you came into astrology? Yeah, roughly. Oh, see, I was like really into it when I was younger. Oh. And, and paid attention to it back then. And like, kind of like. You watched Astrology Babies and. Uh, uh, well, up. well, I still have this big book of like, what's your sign and like pinpoints like the day that you were born and like tells you the traits of like the things from that day, according to the cosmos. I think I've read that book. Yeah. The whole book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it had a long plane ride. Page one, <laughs> January 1st, Capricorn. Here we go. I've read that the page for me. I'm the day of buoyant optimism, I believe is what it is. Boy, they got you wrong. I I was like, ah, that's not me. Uh Uh-uh. I do. So do you share a birthday with uh, any famous people that we might know? Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, I think I share a birthday with Gene Siskel, which not the one that I want to be. You want to be an Ebert man. I want to be an Ebert man. I believe I I share a birthday with... uh, General Douglas MacArthur. Okay. I also, uh, if memory serves, I share a birthday with Eartha Kitt. Nice. Okay, there's yeah, a good so one. Yeah, that, so that's a, that's a winner. Um, and I know that there's a couple others too, but uh, those are the big ones. Nice. 
I share a birthday with George H.W. Bush. Oh, wow. Womp, womp. That's got to be rough. Yeah. Well, he's dead, so. <laughs> I also share a birthday with Anne Frank. So Wow. Yeah, also. The buoyant optimism really shining through <laughs> yeah. here. But then this birthday, I discovered I share a birthday with uh, Scott Thompson of The Kids in the Hall. Oh, okay. And that one, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'll take that one. It's like being told Satan's a fag. <laughs> Maybe that's why God's such a homophobe. <laughs> and Satan's so sexy. So in an in a, in a alternate universe, this podcast is hosted by Eartha Kitt and Scott Thompson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Which is a podcast I would listen to, by the way. <laughs> I would say, let's write to them. But again, Eartha Kitt. Dead. She's, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure she's dead. Well, what about the other Catwoman? Can't we just get, like, Lee Merriweather to, like, fill in? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on her birthday. <sighs> we'll have to measure out the days. Like, okay, <laughs> Lee Merriweather has, like, this birthday, and, and Julie Newmar has this birthday, and which one's closest to January 26th? <laughs> and they're both exactly 180 days away from January 26th. Uh, so I just have to get settle for Michelle Pfeiffer. Gosh. I don't think anybody has ever uttered the phrase settle for michelle pfeiffer <laughs> i mean she's unquestionably the best cat woman like eartha kit has her charms of course but like if we're coming to like you know super villain qualities i mean yeah. it's michelle pfeiffer let's not forget uh anne hathaway yeah i know when you, we're not hating on anne hathaway i actually really liked her selena kyle mm-hmm. i just didn't like her cat woman mm. i liked her performance in that movie you can understand what she was saying so is that your bar for... <laughs> is this why you're such a Billy Baldwin fan? <laughs> He's like, he Rory, stayed... Rory Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> he, he stayed in his light. He did the same thing every time for continuity. And uh, he remembered all his lines. He's uh, my favorite actor. Give, give that man a check. Just standing and walking like Rory Calhoun. <laughs> oh, man. That Billy Baldwin is going to be big. Gabby Hayes big. <laughs> Speaking of standing and delivering lines... <laughs> Uh-huh. We have a movie to talk about today where people do that, Matt. Yeah, they do. I didn't say they did it well. Yeah, they. I don't. I. I mean, we'll get into it. I don't know if, if any of them did it well at any point for any scene, but. Oh. No. Uh. So today's movie, I'm kind of excited to talk about. Oh no. Is uh. I'm tingling. 1980s, The Apple. So Ryan, I've rewatched a lot of movies for this podcast that I would not have normally watched on my own accord or rewatched on my own accord. Okay, I should say. sure. And of all of them, this one might be the best. Wow. Okay. This is up there with like Stranger by the Lake, where. Whoa. I mean, Stranger by the Lake, I watched on my own accord and just thought like, oh, it's okay, it's a little slow, you know, the sex is whatever. And then when I watched it critically, I was like, oh yeah, this is a great movie. And you, this was part of our original challenge, was the Apple. So I watched the Apple before I saw Phantom of the Paradise. 
We'll remember you forever. I saw Apple before I saw Xanadu. Xanadu. I saw Apple before I saw Rock and Rule. I didn't have a lot of bad 80s musicals under my belt, so maybe it's broadened <laughs> my taste. But it helped oh, you. Oh, man. Saturday night, you know, I took an edible, waited about 90 minutes, and popped this one in the DVD player, and my face just melted. <laughs> this is a special, special thing. <laughs> well, to preface this, not to hog the mic, but earlier in the day, I was like, you know, doing some work stuff and i had uh the elton john movie rocket man playing okay mm -hmm. and i was just thinking how like lame it was i was like this is supposed to be like a musical which is inherently sort of a campy over-the-top genre there's got to be something yeah and i was like and it's about elton john in the 70s like gay campy over the top like it should have it all and it really doesn't oh, it boo. really is is just flat and so like i think that kind of like pulled some expectations down because it's like i took the edible at some point during rocket man put in the apple and like right as like the edible was like getting its grip on me <laughs> the movie like the apple started and it's like <laughs> I know it's called The Apple, but this movie is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and I just completely forgotten how bananas it really is. I'm going to be honest. The first time I saw this movie, it had been hyped up to me and I watched it by myself and was just like, oh, my God. But when it was over, I just remember thinking like, OK, well, I don't really need to see that again. That was fun. I'm glad I enjoyed it. I watched it, blah, blah, blah. But I do think it's a good podcast movie. So I've been like toying with doing it forever. And so, you know, we finally watch it. And I'm going to say... I enjoyed myself this time <laughs> Yeah, around. I actually was like, you know, I'm having a lot of fun here. It's I, not good. I'm it, gonna no, just, no, no, no. Not good. Don't. Not good. Don't have that be the takeaway. I, I will say this. You get a lot of songs for your dollar. <laughs> I have a note that was like, are there too many songs? <laughs> There's a lot of songs. Like, if you... If you're shucking down your, your hard-earned dollar for a musical, well, this one... Does not disappoint. It's like the movie starts with two songs in a row with yeah. like two lines of dialogue between them. Uh-huh. And then it's pretty much like two lines of dialogue between songs for the rest of the movie. I mean, I feel like a lot of these musicals, like even in Xanadu, it's like there's a couple songs, but like it, you can feel the stretches between the songs. And this one, there's not. <laughs> and they cut some songs from it. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, I yeah, you, I mean you're right. Like right off the bat, we have two songs and like the most dialogue that we get is just them talking about how like the next act is coming up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll do a quick rundown of the premise. Sure. It's this takes place in a uh a dystopia 1994. I know. It's so good. It was 14 years in the future. <laughs> like come on. Like <sighs> I I like how even though everything's like futuristic, like their clothes are all strange, their cars are oddly not futuristic. It's like it's the same sort of like standard family car with like just more spoilers. Yeah, and like iridescent hubcaps. Yeah. <laughs> Some things are so snazzy they never go out of style, like tail fins and bubble domes and jack carpeting. This thing, and I was like, 
I feel like they didn't actually like get someone who like knows about automobiles to design futuristic cars. <laughs> the the director, what's his name, like Myanmar Golan, he he was one of the founders of Canon Films. This okay. is a, a Canon movie. Oh, okay. They did like uh, the later Death Wish movies. They did a bunch of Chuck Norris movies. Okay. They did the last two Superman movies. Oh, okay. Uh, they just do a bunch of campy, over the top action stuff, and so it's odd that like. He made something so gay. <laughs> like, oh, it's super gay. There's a gay. lot of triangles in this movie. And I mean. Including the baby carriages. I was going to say when you're talking about bad design. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like Golan just like turned to like some of the makeup or, or hairdressers and like, what do you know about cars? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> like, can you design a car for us? I guess. <laughs> no, wait, I just said I can't. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here. It's, it's your job now. Yeah, yeah. So we open up on like a basically Eurovision contest. Yeah, it's called World Vision, I right, think. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, it's a, I don't know if you've seen Eurovision, but it's a lot like Eurovision where you'll have one number that's like, wow, that's my winner right there, which is what we start with. It's like a glam rock. It's, Bim is everything. Yeah. I, I don't really know. And they're like, this scored well. You know, it got 150 heartbeats, whatever that means. You um, don't really know what that's inferring yeah the audience is like strapped in with like monitors on them so i guess that like it but it, i don't know if it's like measuring blood pressure or i don't know but like to watch it they look jazz about this this song they are everyone's like everyone's got their glow stick and they're like hey 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 yeah they're like i fucking i am here for this act and then the next act is like Eurovision. It comes out and it's a ballad. I know. And you're like, womp, womp. No <laughs> lights. They're just standing there playing acoustic guitar and singing. And at first, everyone's like, boo, boo, boo. Love but- is the universal <laughs> melody. <laughs> Jesus. But then suddenly, this starts to score higher. Mind blowing. <laughs> I was There's like, I just, no way that song's better than the Bim song. And I just saw that audience literally pumping their fists. The whole audience <laughs> was pumping their fists. Yeah. Everybody was on board with the Bim song. I don't buy it for a second that th- when they're like, oh no, oh. this song. <laughs> it's such a holdover from like late 70s music. I know, it's so AM gold. It, yeah, oh my God. This is like pure carpenters rip off right after we get like a glam disco rock song and like who's gonna it's so uneven yeah it's like everything else progressed 14 years into the future except for music like i mean i know it'd be hard to like predict what music is gonna be like but at least think that it might be different than what was popular that day when you were filming it really sets up like we're we're off on the wrong foot already with this movie because I'm like, I'm like, well, I clearly liked the first one better. Like that's the one that should win. But the movie wants you to be on the side of those folky types, and well, I'm like, they should lose. I mean, that touches into the inherent contradiction that the movie seems to possess, where it's trying to say that like disco and pop and glam are manufactured by big music corporations and they're force-fed onto the masses. Yeah. And that this AM radio gold is the pure music that is that's an expression of someone's inner emotions. But like if you weren't into disco, 
Would you care at all about this movie? No. Like, all the disco songs are the better songs. Seriously. And even, like, the sh- shitty, like, uh, 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 like reggae beat <laughs> stuff. I'm like, this is still better than those acoustic songs. Yeah. Yeah, the ballads in this just suck. And the uh, the, the duo of uh, BB and... Alfie. Alfie. <laughs> I kept forgetting that they were supposed to be a couple... I kept thinking they were brother and sister. Yeah, they definitely give off that vibe. Because there's like no, they give off no attraction to one another. Like their relationship seems purely platonic. Yep. Like you never see him kiss. Alfie calls BB like babe at some point, or maybe he just was going for BB and stopped. <laughs> it did seem like English was his, not his first language. He's so. supposed to be from Canada. But he's got some... It's like Swedish almost. A, a unplaceable accent. Yeah. And she doesn't have she it. She doesn't, yeah. But I, there was some... Because they kind of look alike, and they seem to be in an appropriate age range for one another. Like, like yeah, they just seem to be brother and sister and not yeah. husband and wife. Yeah. Well, especially because like, at that first party scene, BB kisses the lead singer of BIM. Yeah. And, and he, they're and just kind of like, okay. Alfie's just like, oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that, I guess. <laughs> that, can we talk about that party for a second? <laughs> because, A, it looks fun. I'm just going to say. All the, the parties the, in I this know, movie look fun. The movie. Okay. Just going back. It, it keeps trying to sell this idea that, like, oh, this is bad. Like, all this, like, these drag queens, these homosexuals, these people dressed, you know, fancy uh, that are doing all these fun sex parties and things. That's all bad, guys. Well, I mean, I don't buy it. In case the movie doesn't make it clear when when you the audience watches this, the apple is the the apple from Adam and Eve. Right. And Mr. Boogaloo, like the head of of BIM is like the devil. And they show this like, by literally. putting a cape on him <laughs> in sort of these dream sequences. One horn. He had one. <laughs> Just <laughs> He's, they go. Okay, so yeah, so they have that at that party. They have sort of I don't know. Like they try to like split up the group. Some Alfie and BB somehow. Yeah. But then they're like, signed the next day. He's like, come on in. I'm going to sign you guys. Which, like, keep going. We'll get to the, them <laughs> signing in a sec. Record industry does not move that fast. Uh, but no, that's what I'm getting to. Is like, And so, like, they are... <laughs> we'll talk about the lobby scene in a minute. But, like, when they're about to sign it, that's when, like, the whole Apple part of the, the Apple comes in. Yeah, because he has, like, Alfie a has a vision of hell yeah basically and they're being tempted by this apple and bb's like what this looks awesome yeah she's gonna eat the apple and like the the uh the black guy who looks like he rolled around in glitter constantly it like i think it's near the end where they actually like dress him up as a snake yeah he's he's the snake he's the snake and boogaloo is is beelzebub i guess and that song, oh Jesus! The one at the party or the apple? The apple the song. Apples? Yeah, it's it just seems like they're like the tasty apple, the crappy apple. Oh, grab the apple! <laughs> Wait, is that the, the soggy song? apple? Is that the song that's like, and you'll be paralyzed, so you'll be victimized? I'm like, what? <laughs> that's the one where it's like, it's a 
very, very real, real desire to meet an actual, actual, real vampire. <laughs> yes, and the vampire pops up. <laughs> it's a natural, natural, natural desire. Meet an actual, actual, actual vampire. And then she just mugs through the screen for like two minutes. <laughs> so good. Oh my god, when they say like, yeah, the vampire and like just in frame all of a sudden is a vampire <laughs> like I just lost it like at home watching I was like what is this who thought this was good <laughs> rewind real fast one second so like we said there's lots of music lots of set pieces so when they go to BIM Boogaloo international music Mm -hmm. they're told to wait in the lobby and it looks like there's a bunch of other people waiting to meet with boogaloo which okay so this is ostensibly a music label yeah what act is this (laughs) there's like clowns and a wizard (laughs) and yeah magicians and it's a whole like circus and it's just like what music act is this (laughs) yeah because when they get called in to go see him it's like the whole lobby empties out i'm like is that the band but so the lead up is alfie shows up at bim and hold on tangent the whole idea of bim is strange because it's like bim is the label right it's also the name of the band right but it's also this band has like rotating cast members because bb is bim at some point or is part of BIM? There's like a blurred line between the band BIM and the label BIM, and like sometimes it's all one yeah. thing. But oh, yeah, yeah, and just real fast, that opening number when BIM is performing, it's like 50 people, and I'm like, are these all in the band? I mean, like, a lot of them are just dancers. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like the Polyphonic Spree or something. Yeah, they, okay. they have like 50 Perfect. members yep, or something that's at some it. point. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're, they're going, they're at BIM the label and they're like yes we have a meeting with mr boogaloo and it's like yes just take a seat he's very busy and then like two minutes later after that lame card trick suddenly like everyone's in a song and mr boogaloo is part of the song yeah and i'm like uh he asked for a meeting not a song (laughs) like maybe you could fit more time into your busy schedule if you weren't singing and dancing all this time that was the crummiest song i think if i had to pick one i mean it's not a good song but the that has to have some of the funniest stuff, like the side pan, and it's like suddenly you hear the clarinet, and then you see the clarinet. <laughs> and then that weird futuristic trombone. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's, um, boy. Uh, here, okay, so I'll maybe I'll take this moment to say this part. Like, we've mentioned that this movie's packed with songs. Could you sing a one of them right now? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, they do say, like, hey, 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 like, Bim is the way. Bim is the way. Let's see. Uh, it's good to be a master. I think is the name of that reggae one I that, think that you're Boogaloo right. sings. So could you sing it for me? Something, something, something. It's good to be a master. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got for you. I mean, the um, only one I can really remember is speed. Oh, and uh, well, and, and then near the end at the party when uh, what's her face date rapes Alfie. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh. I'm coming, I'm coming for you. Right, okay. Um, I remember that one, the like the pornographic song. Put a pin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got many thoughts on that song. It was just that, like, they just said that Mr. Boogaloo's a very busy man, and then he's out there like, 
dancing. <laughs> and that seems all like you say the song's not very good, but I think like the choreography and like the performance that we see is just out of this world. It's huge. It's like, yeah. It does that pan and you like you see the clarinet player and that like futuristic trombone player, and then it cuts to like that big woman singing like Yuma yeah. Sumac style. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And why didn't I appreciate this the first time I saw it? <laughs> It's a huge set piece, that it, one. This whole movie's a huge set piece. Yeah. And I, I did take a note where I was like, oh, the choreography in this is kind of fun. And then, like, immediately after that, I started noticing that, like... Oh, they're so, like, out of sync. It's sloppy as hell. Yeah, it's really bad. It feels like everyone's hungover. <laughs> they're like, that's good enough. Like, <laughs> we're not going to get any tighter than that. Well, it's like there's the one dude who's, like, head of, like, marketing or something like that. And he's up there tap dancing, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, Boy, it, it, that was definitely like his first day on camera dancing ever. <laughs> but at the same time, I I was he, I watched this movie twice gladly. Like, wow, the second time wasn't even for research; it was for pleasure. Good for you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to sit through it a second time so quickly. I feel like I'm liking this movie more than you are. I said I enjoyed it. <laughs> I want to dig in a little bit into like the weird christian parts of it because like it is as we said like the apple from adam and eve the apple yeah and then like at the end like god comes down and the rapture happens i mean (laughs) am i am i getting too ahead of myself here no i just i i like it is you can interpret it that way 100 because like it's like this hippie cult leader essentially hippie refugees and they're in leader. an underground cave. Honestly, I think it's just like that movie, The Village. Like, <laughs> but like at the end, like he transforms and he's like God, and then everyone goes up to heaven, or maybe he's Jesus, and everyone's raptured up to heaven. But I was also like, or is he just the leader of a crazy cult and everyone drank the poison Kool Aid? <laughs> yeah, and they're just dead now. I don't understand how the movie wants me to be on there on that side. I guess they're trying to say that, like, the soft acoustic AM radio stuff is somehow inherently more true to hippies' values of equality and free love, whereas disco and glam are supposed to be more attuned to the devil? I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. And I think, I mean, the big drop-off is that those acoustic songs suck, and all of, like, the disco songs are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then also, when it ends, like, the mu- music that plays over the credits is, like, the, the disco stuff, the rock and disco stuff. Yeah, it's like, if, if, you, if you were a big Carpenters fan, and you went and saw this... Like, would you like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Would you think that like Alfie and like BB had been corrupted and that Alfie was like fighting the good fight? Like that's where like the disconnect comes from is like it says like their music's good and pure and wholesome and and it's really like just lame and boring and milk toast. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The movie like doesn't really take sympathies with anyone i don't know it it's confusing it that's my that's my main takeaway this time like even though while watching it i was enjoying it i was very confused as to what i was supposed to feel other than like kind of uh like battered visually 
and orally. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about whirls of wind. It's just <laughs> just at you the whole time. It, it is because the movie's not short either. Like it's not long, but it's like 108 minutes or something, which for a movie of this ilk is far too long. I mean, all they would have had to do is cut up the acoustic songs, and I would have been here for it. But I was checking the time about an hour in, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, you so got, got like half forty hour to minutes go. left. Yeah, <laughs> it's song after song. It songs out the wazoo with this movie. Woo! <laughs> Did you have a favorite song? Um, I think it's going to be a toss-up. I really liked that third song when they're at the party, and it's sort of like it's almost like the "You Are 16 Going on 17." Of this movie, <laughs> okay. where he tries to, where he kisses her and like, she, he's like, "Here, do drugs. It's awesome." And uh, she's sort of like, "Okay, I can't rem- I can't sing it for you, but I remember liking it." And then I also I like the "I'm Coming" song. That's my favorite song, partially because the singer can actually sing. I know. In that, so that's a that's a big help. Like she's got like donna summer-esque range yeah and it's a disco song it's a disco song it's got that nice double entendre that, right that, that you find a lot in disco songs it's a sexy number to watch although, although when the, they start showing close-ups of those dudes the male dancers faces it was sort of a boner killer uh, it was like once you got a good look at him you're like ooh, that was cool I hate to I wake was up just next thinking to that. that. Like all the male dancers in that one are, look so gay. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> like little golden speedos. The gay face isn't a thing, but they're all gay guys. <laughs> I mean, their bodies are all jacked and toned and and lovely. But yeah, there's just near the end, it starts doing close-ups of their faces, and it ruined the illusion oh. for me. All ander bodies. They're what? Ander bodies. Ander bodies. I'm trying to be positive instead of saying butterface. Oh. So. How is that positive? Because it's not but. Oh. It's like yes ending. Oh, okay, okay. But that party scene at the end where when Alfie like comes in and uh, the lady singer from BIM like gives him the, the drink, I'm like, she's raping him, right? Yeah, and then he drinks his own and he starts to feel woozy and then she hands him hers and he just keeps going. Yeah. It Even lo- after he's already feeling woozy. Yeah, it's it looks like absinthe or something like that. Yeah. And like that scene when he's like seeing like double of everyone, I'm like, I would love to see this on the big screen. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I want to see this in a jam-packed theater. I mean, it's a perfect midnight movie. It's so good. It's the movie you want to see with a bunch of people like, just laughing yeah with you yeah but yeah it's like she takes him off to well a he runs into a bunch of drag queens yeah like right when he gets there and like he's introduced around and there's like a, a whole like flock of them hey girls up meet alfie hi i'm betty i've heard so much about you i'm colin i saw you on the tv in the world division you were terrific I'm Robin. May I get you a drink? I struggled to think of drag queens represented like this earlier than this movie. Mm. Like, we have stuff like Rocky Horror, right. of course, but that shows, like, drag is like a, a like a deviant element of someone's sexuality, and this is like, they're just hanging out yeah. at the party, having a good time in drag. Do you get the impression that Alfie's a little bit of a homophobe? A little bit. Like, he, yeah, he's... He's not cool with it. Like he's tolerating yeah. it, but yeah. he's not for it. Kind of, yeah. I kind of got the vibe that he just like 
who's trying to get BB away from this lifestyle. Sure. These devilish, awful people. Yeah, I get, and that's like the contradiction too, because it makes this lifestyle look awesome. I know. And yet, the like the lead guy is supposed to be like, "We're gonna go home to Canada and like lead our our good wholesome life." Meanwhile, he's grabbing his landlady's boobs. <laughs> is did he? Yeah, he the like old come, Jewish lady. Yeah, he comes up behind her and just like gives her a good honk. When love is gone. Oh, I knew that I'd be a hard enough bosom of yours. <laughs> no, you stop that! Go away! I've watched this movie twice. How, how did I miss that? I don't know. What were you doing during that part? I don't remember. I remember that scene because it comes. It starts off. She's like, "You had quite a session last night," and I was just thinking, like, "Is this code for like masturbation or something?" No. You really went to town on it? Yeah, because it keeps going. And she's like, I heard you all night long. And wow. I was like, good Lord. Yeah, I heard it. You kept me awake all night with that rocket. Masturbating loudly. That's an accomplishment. I want to, while we're on the topic of the landlady, I want to bring up that uh, she is a person that I've seen in other movies, possibly one we've done on for the podcast. I'm not sure if she was in it, but she's uh, part of the Harry Potter universe. Oh, really? Yeah, she plays Professor Sprout. The actor's name is Miriam Margolis, and she is an out and proud lesbian. Well, good for her. She must be a million years old by the time uh, (laughs) Harry Potter rolled around. Yeah. So, okay, flashback to the year 2006. Okay, I'm there. If you had to make a movie that took place 14 years in the future... What sort of things would you have imagined? Or could you imagine something uh, like... A woman president. <laughs> well, you got that one wrong. Oh, man. I kind of feel like we'd be done with like debit cards at that point. You think we'd just all be chipped or barcoded or something? Or Yeah, yeah, something like that. You think in 14 years money's going to be obsolete or... Well, just that like you just like get on your machine and doop, bloop, 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 and then it's like something happens we're getting there like you can like apple tap i was gonna say mm-hmm. apple pay yeah. yeah so it's happening but uh yeah i think we'd be done with cards music wise it would be exactly the same <laughs> okay. in fact it might even be like from five years earlier so uh because that's what this movie seems to think 14 years in the future <laughs> music is gonna still be listening like... to stuff from 1976 yeah 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 okay so i wanted to bring this up when we were talking about it earlier but how big is that goblet of champagne that they give to bb when she first comes oh to the my party? god it, it was <laughs> like, like the a full small bottle it's like a small child she's carrying around <laughs> it's the child size yes yeah. <laughs> and by that you can approximately mean... fit one child in it he offers it to Alfie and he's like, no thanks. And she's like, I'll take it. I'm like, good on you, BB. You seem like fun. Alfie's a fuddy-duddy. Alfie is a fuddy-duddy. BB's like here for the, a good time. And it's like, she's not punished for it. Alfie's the one that gets raped. That's true. This movie has no moral compass. It really doesn't. Uh, which is like... Yeah, she's know. totally fine. She goes and has her fun and then she gets to come back and, and then go she to, heaven. to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> wow, BB's... Bibi's got a good. She, she knew how to live life right. She gamed the system. That's she, what I've learned from this movie. She won the Game of Thrones. Get it, get it before you die, because everybody dies. Yeah, she's the real mother of dragons. Wow, go Bibi. I don't know that I. Oh, predicting the future is always rough, but like, at least like with something like Blade Runner from the same year. 
Like, <laughs> there's, like, elements of, like, oh, I can see why they would think this was part of the future. <laughs> yeah, never have I seen a movie about the future that's so backwards looking. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like they're not even trying. Yeah, they they just, like made the the not too distant past pointier and shinier <laughs> everything yeah i feel like they had like i don't know what it is it's sort of like iridescent like kind of rainbowy i don't know what the word would be um but like they just kind of like had stickers of it and they would just like slap geometric shapes of it mm-hmm. onto things and were like future well cuz like the bim logos a triangle right an upside down triangle, which like you'd think in a normal movie would be symbolic of something, but I, I question if it is here. Not really, yeah. It's also like BIM is not only this large corporation, but it has like its tethers into the government because. Oh you... yeah, what about BIM Hour? <laughs> attention, attention, please, good citizens. It is now one minute to four o'clock. Time to stop ordinary activities and prepare for the National BIM Hour. The National Fitness Program is watching you. Five. Four. Three. Two. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is the The song from the before. (laughs) Like, they talk about it in that opening scene that, like, they're going to submit this for, like, the BIM Hour. Yeah. Or is it a full hour? It is. Okay. (laughs) Everyone has to stop whatever they're doing, including surgery. firefighters (laughs) putting out a building that's on fire. Doing surgery on a man, which you'd think they'd schedule around BIM hour. I mean, (laughs) honestly, like, when the BIM hour thing came on, I took a note that says there's no frame in this movie that's not important. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like the, the BIM hour is a montage of, like, different sets of people like dancing dropping what they're dropping doing what they're doing to work out and not a single shot would i cut from this movie <laughs> everything is cold the guy on the surgery table while the surgeons are dancing gets up and dances grabs his heart and collapses <laughs> it's and don't forget that group of nuns walking through yeah, the park yeah nuns Oh, so good. The, Just their religious uh their religion doesn't exempt them from Bim Hour apparently. Every frame of painting in this movie, just start <laughs> to finish. I just, I imagine the screenwriter just like every single scene that he wrote made it into the movie. Nothing hit the cutting room floor here. <laughs> oh, the dance. Okay, so yeah, the dancing specifically during Bim Hour and during the first uh Bim performance. Did it remind you at all of uh, Paul Verhoeven style dancing, where they're like punching, punching the air? Sure, a little bit, yeah. I kind of, I kind of felt like he saw this movie and was like, oh, yeah. where's my pen? I gotta get write this down." Just, In eleven years, I'm gonna make a movie that uh, is gonna require this is some how, dancing. This looks like natural dancing to me. Absolutely, yeah. See, I thought this movie was as insane as any Yordarowski movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just with more songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which, honestly, that's kind of what's missing from his movies. Yeah. Yordorowski movies are kind of a slog after a while. He just needs to jazz it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, give me a music. Toss me a musical bone here and there. You know, they could have taken half the songs out of this 
and put it into Holy Mountain, and I think both movies would be improved. You know, I'll bet you could just insert certain songs from this movie in the Holy Mountain. No you wouldn't even ask. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't know. You're just like, oh, I guess it's musical time. I, I people who've seen the Holy Mountain would be like, oh, I forgot about this song. It's really good though. <laughs> BIM is the way. Yeah. I wonder what BIM stands for. It must be symbolic of something. <laughs> BIM is, I think, what Disney's going to become. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to have mandatory Disney, Disney hour. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a small world playing uh, for an hour. Oh, <laughs> no. I was hoping it'd be something at least that I like. like Bippity boppity boo, maybe? Hakuna Matata, or at least. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a, it's a, they pull a different one from one Disney classic from the vault. Uh, I hope it's at least upbeat. Maybe Mulan's like, I'll make a man out of you, because like, at least that's oh, sort that's of fine. an exercise montage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> I don't know. We'll, we'll let the benevolent, uh, our, our, our new benevolent overlords, overlords at, at the Disney, Disney Corporation. to do. Yeah. Th- that part was real bizarre. Like, once it started being like, oh, now we have our own gestapo well yeah because police show up and they have shields in the shape of the bim logo right which is where i'm like okay well like all the symbology that i thought the upside down triangle may have been uh uh, signifying kind of goes out the window when the police are all wearing it (sighs) yeah and like there is like one person at the very end who's sort of dressed like a gestapo officer Mm -hmm. and i'm like i feel like the Nazis wouldn't like the homosexual drag queen disco crowd. Like those would be the ones that are getting, and that's punished. like what they're actively promoting here. Yeah, and like, ev- like everyone has to wear like the the BIM mark. Right. Your ID card. Why? What's the matter? Your BIM mark. You're not wearing one. I have to give you a ticket. Is this like conservatives? What they fear when they think of like the gay agenda is going to look oh, like? Oh yeah, probably. The like everyone's going to be forced to wear a glittery upside down triangle. Yeah, and you're going to be force fed disco glam rock. You have to drink alcohol and do drugs at sex parties with drag queens. Yeah, this is this is the future gays want. I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, yeah, I'm fine. Like, Sign me up. Yeah. But like, I guess. <laughs> Where maybe... do I start? <laughs> conservatives are afraid of that. I don't know. But then that makes the hippies the conservatives, which is wrong, too, because the hippies were like very super... progressive. Yeah. Equality. Yeah. <sighs> the movie just doesn't work in that way. No. Like, th- and that's what I mean. Like, it, it, like, this movie is just built on like inherent contradictions that never resolve. Yeah. But honestly, if it did resolve, that would just weaken the movie because I don't want it to take a side. If it took one side, I think the movie would be weaker for it. it it's it's best to just be gossamer, to, to just be, be unresolved. So if you're in the theater in 1980, you, uh-huh. bought, you bought a ticket to see The Apple. The Apple! And it gets to the end, and you see like people ascending into heaven or whatever, and it's like kind of choral music playing. And then that's the end of the movie, and the credits run. What are you thinking in that moment? Honestly, like the the last scene is probably the least fun. Like them descending to hem- heaven, like this Cadillac in the sky comes out for some reason. They don't even get in the car; it just shows up. <laughs> I don't think anyone even gets out of the car. Actually. No, I don't think so either. I don't know. Like that's if there is a weak point in this movie, it's that one last scene, and it, it's not necessarily bad, but like. 
the the main Jesus God hippie dude like it, when he's like walking up to heaven I'm like okay <laughs> he's like we're gonna start a world without all this music and the music industry where do you think you're taking them I don't know yet I'm looking for a new place a new planet if I can find one free from your pollution don't tell me you're going to start all over again But this time, without you. Without me? But my dear Tops, you know that is impossible. The world simply cannot exist without me. Let's give it a try. Maybe it's a commentary on Ayn Rand's um, The Atlas Shrugged. Oh. Where all the uh, talented, gifted people are disappearing and go off to a new world where they can do all their gifted stuff uninhibited of from the regulations of of the muggles of the world well i mean all i'm gonna say is good riddance fuddy duddies <laughs> yeah we've got a sex party down yeah. here <laughs> with drugs and good music and that sounds like a lot more fun well that's sort of a proto ruby rod character the the one dude that's all like decked out in glitter and like including on his teeth uh-huh. yeah uh they do show him in a speedo and like he's got like a dance number as well and i'm like you know what mm. i'm here for this i was when they were in hell and alfie was wearing just uh, a leaf yeah i was like oh, hey alfie alfie was all right yeah i can alfie see why can... bb locked that down yeah alfie can get it there was some eye candy for, for all parties yeah. here. Yeah. Also, very diverse casting. Very, yeah. I appreciated that watching it. I was thinking, like, wow, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they were just getting, like, the best dancers for the most part. Cause hey, the... ain't nothing wrong with an actual meritocracy. Hey, dance-heavy movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, were they just going to sing the whole time? <laughs> I don't know. I just I think of, like, Xanadu's a musical, and we had a whole number where she's just standing there singing. <laughs> So I mean, there was somewhere like the the acoustic bits, like the the love is the universal melody at the beginning. Like they're just standing there. I mean, it's it's cut up with with like scene behind the scenes. Yeah. And then there's like a song at the end that they're like singing to each other, but in different places. But it's about how much they want to be together. That's unimportant. You can cut that. I, so I, I take back my every frame's important. Like you can get rid of that too. Later there's a duet between BB and uh, the person who sings the I'm coming song. But the, when she, it's like two minutes after she does the I'm coming song and she's like singing about how she regrets her decision. And I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, you just seduced raped him. Like, yeah. Like, no, like you literally like- roofied him, took him to a bedroom, had sex. And like, I, I think, yeah. Cause it, it, it does sort of like, try and give her this like ounce of redemption but because the movie is not like firmly on the side of like this is bad these people are bad it just kind of seems like she's like waffling and just yeah. has like or like the drugs wore off and she's like what have i done yeah like it's more of a hangover rather than like a moral progression it's so weird it's so weird <laughs> i loved it this time i don't know if you can tell that i was just I did like it. I liked it a lot better this time. I'll be honest. Like, so how many times have you seen it before? Just the once. Just the once. Yeah. Oh. I watched it once and said, I don't need to see this again. So, I mean, this must be like the first time in like 12, 15 years that you've seen yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Because, yeah, I I watched it back when I lived at the Cambridge. Was that the name of my apartment? Um, I thought you lived at the Electra. No, I lived next door to the Electra. Gotcha. And yeah, you had me watch it for the original challenge, which would have been 
2008, yeah, nine. somewhere in there, yeah. So that that would have been the last time that I watched it, and you must have watched it before that. But I don't know. I just kind of figured because like you've seen Xanadu multiple times, Xanadu. but only like two or three before okay. the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I love this stuff, but I can't live there. <laughs> Honestly. I feel like we should live there maybe a little bit. Like we got to get more of these. Like suddenly, like I want to see shock treatment and girl, I've got a whole list. So I mean, do you like, I, you know, I haven't seen the whiz. I haven't seen shock treatment. Like I need to get more of these under my belt. They're going to happen. Don't worry. I'm trying to I'm, spread I'm just, them out. The, the, the apples made me hungry. I've never been so high in my life. You've had a taste of the I've apple. I've got a taste now. of the apple. And I want more. I'm the seductive snake <laughs> coming in and and uh, destroying your your world. Well, because like with Xanadu, I was like, okay, I can see the appeal. Like I can see why people, you know, why it's so bad that it's good. But also with Xanadu, I was like, it's bad, but it's not like so crazily bad. And I remember we disagreed because you were like, at least it's like weird and colorful. And I didn't think that it was colorful enough. This is like the type of weird, colorful stuff that like I wanted from Xanadu. I see. Okay. I think I still like Xanadu a little more than this, but um, oh no! But you know what, Matt? You know, this 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 whole time period from like seventy seven to maybe like eighty three, packed with just shit musicals, <laughs> and <laughs> I love them all. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, just give me because they're all doing like modern music during that so it's all like a time capsule of that time period but it's like the production of a movie takes so long that it's like it's always at least like two years removed i mean it's just my it's my jam and it's like also when when music's like manufactured like this like you can kind of feel the stiffness like there's a reason why you're you're struggling to actually sing any of the songs from this it's like it's because it's a little mechanical like it's not an earworm it doesn't like get under your skin or like actually elicit emotions from you. It's just ridiculous while you're watching it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I will say the choreography we did say was kind of rough, but like, I think I like the choreography in this better than I did in Xanadu. Oh, head and shoulders. All that roller skating choreography just fails. Oh, at the end. That was exhausting. But this one is like, even if it's sloppy, it's still fun. Like that second number or the number at the party that I mentioned and there's like people like popping up through windows and stuff. Yeah. I'm like this is fun. It's stupid, but And the, I mean the lyrics are so much worse than Xan- Xanadu. It's like they're like crawling up towards acceptable and this they're not concerned about acceptable. I don't think it rhymes like the rarely rhyme ever. schemes <laughs> in this are just so stupid and it, it is the party song where it's like You'll be paralyzed, so you'll be victimized. I'm like, who? Why? Why is you being victimized a selling point in taking a bite out of this apple? It's a natural desire to see a real life vampire. vampire. So, I mean, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend just going in, take a bite of the apple. It, uh, I just, I loved it this time. I was, I watched it twice, and even the second time I watched it, I'm just like, still good. Yeah. Still love it. Yeah. Don't be like Alfie. Don't be a fuddy-duddy. Yeah, fucking Alfie, man. Take some drugs, Wet get blanket. your fishbowl of champagne, and just go for it. Total buzzkill. Um, well, anyway, I'm glad you had fun. What do we got going on for next week? 
decide to slow things down a little bit. Do something a little bit uh, more low budget. Mm. But uh, I'm going to do an independent feature from the late 70s. Low budget, independent. Yep. Uh, this is one that I think you have seen. Mm. But if I remember correctly from conversation, you don't remember much of it. Okay. It's a movie called Private Parts. Not the Howard Stern movie. You and I were scrolling through like something on my computer once and I mentioned that like this movie was on my list to do it takes place like in a hotel and there's like a dude that like cuts the head off of ladies and like puts it onto like a life-size doll that fills up with water I have seen this yeah oh good 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 good. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time yeah and I remember you said that like that's the only thing you remember from the movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and a really bad decapitation scene <laughs> Uh, I don't know why. Just after the Apple, I was like, I feel like sticking in this this era of filmmaking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Directed by Paul Bartel, which who we'll talk about next week. Uh, he, he's a gay. Oh. So I genuinely thought I would never see this movie again. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's a it's a pretty juicy one. Fun. Fun. So fun. Fun. Plug or drunk. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, please. Go to Patreon. Throw us some of that dollar. And uh, if you do that, you can ignore the rest of our requests. Patreon.com slash X-Rated Movies. Yeah, and you know, we, we're, we're averaging about two bonus episodes a month. That could go up um, if we get more patrons. So, you know, check it out. We're always doing current stuff there. And I, I actually am pretty proud of our, of our bonus stuff that we've been pumping out lately. So I haven't heard it, so. Well, it's good. Okay. Uh, follow us on Twitter, X-Rated Movies. Follow us on Facebook, at Rated X Movies. Let us know you're out there listening. By doing what? By contacting us on those forums. Or you could also, uh, if you're feeling comfortable doing that in public, you could send us an email. We have an email address, which is x.rated.movies at gmail.com. And you can always leave us love on any format that or, or platform that you get this podcast. Stitcher, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever. We love love. And uh, go to our website, xraymovies.com. That's where everything is, except our bonus content. That's that that's hidden. For. So yeah, next week, private parts. Yeah. Until then, keep reaching for that rainbow. Bye.